0: Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to The Times. To find out more, head to thetimes.co.uk.
1: Every goal, every game, everywhere. The Times and the Sunday Times. Now with Goals. Goals. Hello and welcome to the game podcast. Uh, Gab Marcotti is on a mini break in Padstow with his strong football opinions. So it is left to me, Max Rushton, to fill in with some anodyne, sit-on-the-fence lowbrow thoughts, but delivered in a vaguely friendly way. On today's pod, Newcastle score six goals. No one saw that coming. Jurgen Klopp's debut was a goalless draw. No one saw that coming. And Chelsea won a game. No one saw that coming either. I also will answer the following questions. Can any of West Ham, Leicester or Crystal Palace actually stay anywhere near the top four? No. Can Big Sam turn Sunderland around I don't know And was Michelle Platini Peering through the window At the Euro playoff draw Wondering what might have been uh, With me today We have uh, I have scripted here James Ipswich legend James Scowcroft Are you happy with that? That's very kind of you uh, uh, how, how are you normally introduced? Can't say on air Okay <laughs> Well we'll go with legend uh, My second footballing man crush After Guilty Sigurdsson Julien Laurent is here Julien how are you? Very good thank you man. I met your wife Yes uh, she is uh, But not in, not in a sort of salacious way no. At, uh, at <laughs> Arsenal and uh, she said, oh, I like you on the game. And I said, I love Julien Laurent. And she said, I'm Mrs Laurent. And I was jealous. Oh, How are you? Very good, my friends. Good um, to have you on. And on the phone, uh, in a car, on the M25, Matt Hughes. How are you, Matt? Very
2: good, thanks. Yourself?
1: I'm good. Uh, why could you not be bothered to come and sit with us?
2: <laughs> I didn't want to get too close.
1: <laughs> I understand that. Where are you driving to, Matt Hughes? I'm the to see
2: uh, ahead of Arsenal Champions League game against the farm unit tomorrow. I expect him to be in quite a good mood for
1: once. Are you going to ask him any stinging questions?
2: Well, the question is is Peter Cech going to play in goal? I hope the answer is yes, otherwise, there'll probably be a riot in North London tomorrow after uh, their previous Champions League
1: tie. I spent the whole of uh, that day just before the game doing drive on Talksport and telling everyone how David Ospina was quite a good
3: goalkeeper. Well, <laughs> presumably, he must be quite a good goalkeeper. Am I wrong, Julien? You're not wrong, it's just that it was a bad day for him. It, it was, was a really bad day, and, 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 and I think obviously the decision of playing him ahead of Sedge, who had a bit of a calf problem, backfired badly on Arsene Wenger. Uh, Matt, what junction are you on? Uh,
2: by a junction 17 there, uh, so <sighs> should be there uh, in about half
1: an hour, hopefully. Okay, so by the end, you may just be sat in the car park talking to us? Well,
2: by the end, I've Arsene Wenger on the phone to talk to you, so you never, you never know. I'm sure he'll want to talk to Julian.
1: That is a that is a way to tease people to keep listening to this. Um, and if you weren't talking to us, what kind of power ballads would you be listening to in your uh, Fiat Uno?
2: Well, I wouldn't be listening to Talksport because you're not on it at the moment. <laughs> so um, yeah, it would probably be um, I don't know, a bit of REM, mid-90s
0: ah, rock. Ah. Uh,
1: would you choose Out of Time or Automatic for the People? <laughs>
2: Out of
1: time. Yeah, for that's, me. that's a great album. Before they went mainstream. <laughs> you liked them before they were good. <laughs> it's got a beauty for really. <laughs> you're a pioneer. Right, should we talk about football, Japs? Uh, well, let's start yesterday.
3: Newcastle s- scored six goals. Um, Julian, how did that happen? I'm not so sure. I think the first thing is. No, they definitely they did. did. yeah. <laughs> they did. I'm not sure how it happened, but I just think that they're not going to face such a bad defence every weekend, which was good for them to take advantage of it because Arthur Norwich defending was just, you know. In terms of confidence before the derby as well it was really good to score six wooden to get that first win that first Sunderland is still looking for, for example. And and, and I just think that Wine Aldam and Sissoko and Mitrovic played well together, Perez as well, in a way I'm not sure that four two formation is one for the long term because again against better teams than Norwich better organized and just, just better teams, I think they're gonna get well too exposed. But in fairness, a very, very important win for McLaren as well. Uh, James, as an Ipswich legend, you delighted to see
4: Norwich ship six. <laughs> we was. Um, it's quite funny, actually, because I uh, coach in Ipswich Academy and we went to Nottingham yesterday and on the A1 we had um, several Norwich fans going up to Newcastle uh, giving their uh, thoughts to us and on the way back they were not quite so... Um, Uh, dubious as well. I think, reading Alex O'Neill just said, I don't think he's going to play like that again. I think he's been a little bit too adventurous and it was a big lesson learned for Norwich but it's a massive win for Newcastle to to win a game and to win that emphatically as well. Score six goals, doesn't matter who it's against especially in the Premier League. Yeah, it's a big feat.
1: Uh, Matt, on the M25, It it, it actually, it could have gone either way bizarrely, that game, couldn't it? Well, Alex
2: O'Neill said it could have been 8 all afterwards, which is probably a bit of an exaggeration but yeah, Norwich did have chances Good for Newcastle. Please Steve McLaren. Were signed there were signs earlier in the season that he was doing some good work and he brought a you know, slightly improved atmosphere to the club. They just weren't getting the results. Now they've got an opportunity. They've got the derby next week in Sunderland. After that, they've played Stoke, former Leicester and Palace. There's five um, you know decent fixtures. If they can go and beat in that, maybe win two or three games, that will really get them to the table and um, get their season started.
3: Uh, Julio Sissoko looks... I well, mean, he looked brilliant yesterday. He did going forwards because obviously defending, I don't know what happened in the first half, but he just didn't fancy it. So he decided before the game, probably in that first half, I'm not going to trail back. I'm not going to defend. I'm just going to let them <laughs> attack on my, on my right-hand side. He did better in the second half. I think he's, he's, you know, he's a lovely little player. He's really... He can, he's very, <laughs> very
1: patronising. No, no, no. no, no <laughs> but Because
3: you know, we see him with France as well and a lot of people on Twitter said to me, but why, how on earth is Sissoko in the French squad? And I think he's a very useful player to have in the squad you know even even at a national team level because you know he can play in different positions he's someone who works for the team again not too much defensively yesterday but overall that's what he does and 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 you know the quality of his passing yesterday especially the one on the Mitrovic goal was was just brilliant
1: you mentioned Mitrovic um James uh, Chris Sutton on match of the day was you know saying ah oh, he's a great player because Chris Sutton was a you know a sort of strong centre forward as a strong centre forward yourself do you respect him
4: Certainly do. You don't, you don't really see too many of them about these days, do you? It's sort of a, a dying art, really. But if you, you look at him, he, he's got the lot. And when it all comes together like it did yesterday for him, Steve McLaren is someone that can get the best out of him. And I think that the Newcastle fans love a, a typical centre forward, especially an old-fashioned one. So he's got the base and certainly the the environment to do extremely well there. It's the
1: derby next weekend, as you said. Sunderland lost in Big Sam's first game. Big Sam was very upset about it, Julien, uh, about the goal. <laughs> Um what, what did you make of it, and panting him on sort of delayed complaints the ball 's gone, and he 's given it, but they keep it, so he has to run and shake his arms
3: and because he 's so enormous, so it of looks a bit like a monster out of scooby doo did 't it sort of flapping away i just think you would need a bit of time for for sam to you know to get his message across and and everything the problem is he 's got no time because if they don 't win it next weekend in what 's the biggest game so far in their season you know it 's going to get even more gloom and and it 's not what he needs. so I hope for him that he can get. St- Things sorted by next weekend to, to get a result there but they just look so poor to me whether I'm not even sure you know whoever would be the manager it could be James it could be you it could be Matt I'm just not sure they've got enough in them to to do much much better than what they're doing right now I think
1: uh, Matt if, if I gave you the job and said you know don't turn off at London Colony keep on driving to Sunderland w- would you want the job? A lot at the moment
2: they'd have to pay me a lot of money which is probably why they got some allodice it's a tough job they've been They've been kind of the fourth worst team in the Premier League for the last four or five years, it seems, and they've got out of it by having really good late runs towards the end of the season. Obviously, Sam's coming uh, much earlier than uh, because Poirier and Di did, for example. Um, so they've got more opportunities to build something I think they're going to have to be around for the odd result until January, and
1: then I expect to get quite busy in the transfer market. Let's go to Goodison. Um, obviously, a pretty emotional day uh, after the, uh, the news of the death of Howard Kendall uh, in the morning, on, on Saturday morning. He was a brilliant manager, and what he achieved at Everton, James, in the 80s was extraordinary, wasn't it?
4: They had a fantastic side. I was actually at Wembley as a kid to watch them. Um, uh, is it 84, I think, when they beat Watford 2-0? And that was the start, really, when they had three or four years, when they, they were probably the best team in the country, even even better than the, the the good Liverpool side in the mid 80s with some of the football they played. A former coach of mine, Adrian Heath at Coventry, used to talk about Howard all the time. You know, and I think he was a player's manager. You know, I think everybody. You know, you read the tributes coming over this weekend, even today. You know, I've read from um, Peter Reid, Graham Sharp. You know they're all just you know so nice about him really, and he's has uh, being an ex Everton player as well. Um, I think he'd be sorely missed. Mm. Uh, I, we spoke to I had Graham Sharp on the Fantasy Football Club on on Sky a few
1: weeks ago, and he told a brilliant story about um, after they beat Rapid Vienna in the Cup Winners Cup final, and they said right nobody's going out tonight. And uh, he actually they flew home, and him and Andy Gray went back to his house and watched the VHS of the game. And then the LFA Cup final, I think three days later, yeah, I think yeah, that was, was nice Man Saturday, United, yeah. 85. And they said, no one go out. And then they only found out about 20 years later that Howard Kendall and Peter <laughs> Reid went on a massive tear after that <laughs> evening, three days before the Cup final. It's almost a shame that Everton side Junior, didn't get a chance to play in the European Cup after they won the league.
3: Yes, I, th- I think they probably would have you know, added more silverware to English clubs who were dominating, you know, European football at, at that time, you know obviously Aston Villa won the, the the European Cup at the time Liverpool you know and 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 then there was the ban and i think that surely slowed down Everton progression as well as you know as a club overall because you know if winning the European Cup which they potentially could have done could have changed the whole dynamic as well especially in their rivalry with with Liverpool as well and then it's something that surely must be a big regret over then and, and you know for Kendall as well
4: they just played some great football didn't they even I remember Gary Lineker's season there with Stephen on the uh on the right Sheedy on the left great style about them you know and I, th- I think he really capsulated that football club in that time and you know they've never you know been able to to have that success again will, will they be able to to win the league and and you know conquer europe like they did or, or unfortunately it wasn't the uh, the european cup at the time mm. but for that sort of four or five years you know what a team they had
1: julian back onto the game itself last time i was here you know you said that uh, louis van gaal was a fraud um <laughs> yes, I did. Uh, do you stand by that
3: i still I, I haven't seen much progression from united to be honest and uh, yes they won and and uh, you know the the performance was not bad, but that came after the, the the Arsenal game, where I think his choices tactically were disgusting. You know, and and I'm not saying that because he's French, but Morgan Schneiderlin starting not not being used even at Arsenal, not even one second was for me baffling. And the fact that he started at Everton, and I expect him to start against City as well in the Derby next weekend, and and score that first goal showed how important I think he is in that team, and and him and Schweinsteiger I think work well because Schweinsteiger's legs still in Germany I think but the mind and the vision and the touch is still yeah. there and Sterling is happy to run for two there's no problem by that and Franz Steger then can, you know, can dictate the pace of the game and, and, and use the ball the way he did it against Everton for example but I'm still waiting a bit for, for more from United and, and from Van Gaal
4: yeah. well, it's actually funny because Snyden had a 97% pass completion rate from the game which is staggering really but was he just passing it sideways, or was he actually doing things? I think he just passed it to his mate, and he was a yard away. Yeah. You know, that, that was... I saw that fact this morning. I thought, wow, that that's... You know, what's that, probably one mislaid pass out of maybe 40, 45 passes, really. I actually spoke to um, a few of the United people... That actually was Manchester United's best performance of the season, yeah. a few people are saying. You know, the weekend is a massive game coming up against City. You know, they, they, they just seem to te- teach on the brink, Man United. and you think, here they are, and then all of a sudden they dip like the Arsenal game. I was at was the game myself, and, you know, extremely poor that day. Extremely poor, so...
3: But do you think that Schneiderlin brings that sort of um, solidity defensively to break down the attacks when he's not there, when it's Van Karik- Stager, they-, they don't really put the shift of going in.
4: Well, exactly. That, that was the reason why he was, he was brought in, really, for the big games. Yeah. Like when you go to Arsenal, so he protects that back four. They've struggled defensively in the last couple of seasons. They haven't had that midfield enforcer for a long, long mm. time. They've got it in in him now, which has played well. Some of the games at home, possibly you can understand why he'd play more attacking players, but for him to leave out against Arsenal was, was baffling, really. I'm not one to use cliches, Matt,
1: but uh, it's a sign of a good team when they... You know, are there or thereabouts to the top of the table without really playing that well.
2: Some people say I was amazed by United last year. I saw them so many times; they were awful, and yet they still managed <laughs> to finish in the top four this season again. When I see them have been poor at Southampton, they were poor but won. Arsenal, they were dreadful and lost three nil. Um, I think the thing we do not forget is they've got they've got good players who can score goals from nowhere, and on, on Saturday they did score three good goals. So. While I'm with Jules to an extent and I'm not sure Van Gaal has um, you know, developed a coherent philosophy and knows his best team and really knows what he's doing, they will still probably have more than enough to win most games because Mata will do something, Martial has had a great impact, really could come back to form, however they've got a big test on Sunday and I think this is Sheffield to be one of the most important games of the season so far really, the uh, Manchester derby it look so good i think the united to you know, really believe they can be in the title race then they, they need, need
3: to get something on sunday so um it's interesting to see how van Hal approaches it i mean in, f- in fairness to van Hal, he made martial defend which is pretty special because he played him on the left hand side, which you know so far he's always played him you know up, up front and and he actually you know trailed back and defended on, on Coleman, which is something he never did in france there was that game with monaco where he came out as a sub, and and jardim took him off after 20 minutes after being on as a sub, because he was not defending enough. The he was, not working. Insults, he was not working hard enough, you know. And, and it's just, I think, at that level, and maybe he goes because he's at United now, and he knows he can't afford not to defend because he's going to get slaughtered otherwise, but in fairness, you know, they, they're really getting the best out of him, even defending, which he never used to do before.
4: A he's a young kid, isn't he? Yeah. he? He probably doesn't really know how to defend. He's probably played all his, you know, coming through the, the youth ranks at Leon. he's just been an out and out forward, and someone said, you got to defend, and he's, well, <laughs> what do you mean I've got to defend? <laughs> Did you ever get subbed? Uh, coming on as a sub, James? <laughs> uh, I'm sure I did. Did I? Uh, I don't know, but it is the ultimate insult. If oh. if you come on as a sub and you come off a seat, it's, it's not much worse as a footballer. Let's talk about Manchester City. Oh, no, I should quickly say, uh, is Wayne Rooney back to his best, James? <laughs> Well, time will tell. I think it's uh, you know it's a big month now coming up for Rooney. You know the fixtures with the Champions League coming up. He has been I've seen a lot of Manchester United so far this season, and he's a great great player, Wayne Rooney. But he has been way way off form, way off um, form for Manchester United, and they need to get him back firing because if they are going to challenge for the title, they need an out and out centre forward who can take the mantle on, which he is more than capable of. You know maybe it do his confidence a little bit good. It was a good finish, good goal, but only time will tell.
1: Tim Howard just dived out the way, didn't he? He did, actually, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so the derby next weekend. That's a great day of football, that, isn't it? Are they both on the same day? Newcastle, Sunderland and Man City. That is a super Sunday, if ever there was one. City 5, Bournemouth 1. Actually, could City have been down to 10 men in that game? Not a Mendy foul uh, Bournemouth player that was running through early in the game. Julien.
3: Yeah, I mean, it was it was a tight one. It could have, I think, it could. Have, it's one of those that you could see it given, and and you know, you're not also to a rage if it's not given. But I th- you know, I thought Bournemouth played well. I mean, I'm a big fan of Bournemouth. I know you're going there today, and uh, and you're gonna f- you're gonna. F- I think you're gonna find a, a really lovely club, and I'm a big fan, and I, and I really think they're gonna stay up, and I, and I hope they do. And I think Eddie Howe is is brilliant, and I like Raheem Sterling in the centre, and that's the thing, you know. And obviously, when David Silva is there, you can't play Raheem Sterling in the centre because. Silver plays there, and fair enough. But I just think he's so good when he plays like that. You know, when he has De Bruyne on his left and Navas on his right, he he plays off a striker. I think that's his best position, and um and yeah, he could
4: have scored maybe ten goals. I think he's a good player, Raheem Sterling. A lot of people looked at the the feed and then the summer thought, "Oh, that's a bit," but I think. You know, with the money that's going to come in next season as well, you're going to see forty million pounds for a youngster as a, as a standard fee, and I think over time he'll be a good signing for Manchester City. You know, it's a great, great day for him at the weekend, wasn't it? Scoring, uh, you know, his hat trick, and yeah, you know, I think he can be a key player for Manchester City. It's you know, how much will they miss um, Aguero on Sunday? Yeah. You know, I think that's the big, big feat for them. Maybe David Silva might not be back either. You're not convinced by by Boni. He's not, he's not Aguero is no, he
1: he's not uh, Not that it's relevant to anyone listening but just for one minute there the lights were dimmed down as if, as if James Scowcroft was going into love hour or something we're going to pay some power balance is Raheem Sterling uh, taken over from Aaron Lennon as the best footballer who can't seem to kick it does anyone agree Explain. with that well, you know what I mean I, you sort of look at those players am <laughs> not actually sure that he could lump it 50 yards Raheem Sterling it's not the modern day he, game now is it why would he need to I mean, I come from an old-school Cambridge yeah. United era where you need a channel ball, you need a full-back <laughs> to launch it. Uh, who, who, how do you see that game going then next week, City-United?
3: I, th- I think it's it's fascinating. I, I do think that United have that capacity of, of being left exposed. You know, whether Schneider and we, we're talking about starts or not, I think they, they're still yet to find a balance between going forward and, and defending. But I think cities are exactly the same. There's there's that thing when when they... They the struggle to defend at time And Bournemouth, I thought on Saturday, you know, especially in that first half, got to the, the city uh, box pretty quickly and pretty pretty easily at times, you know. And, and we saw that on the Glen Murray goal, for example. Three passes and off, they were already in front of, of that box, and you know, and took his goal very well. But <clears throat> so I think there'll be that. I think it's it's one game where you could see easily, you know, a lot of goals, like a three-two or 3 0 game, and and I think it's going to be fascinating. But for United to show their title credential, which for me are not there yet. They'll have to show that they can win this kind of games.
1: Matt Hughes, anything you want to add on
3: Manchester City?
2: I think uh, Pence and company should be back and uh, stay to the obvious side of He will make a massive difference, look like a different team with him in it. I don't think they're going to fall without him and Aguero much of the season. Sterling, in a way, his excellence has sort of enabled them to kind of minimise off of Aguero. I'm not a huge Owen fan either, but him having scored twice in the weekend should be good for his confidence and maybe can uh, you know help him reproduce his Swansea his form but um, I, I, I would uh, I think a draw would not be a be a bad shout on, on Sunday for the betting man.
1: Uh, Matt update us how close are you to the Arsenal training ground now <laughs>
2: uh, I'll be there very close just 21 10 minutes
1: oh, how exciting well let's talk about Arsenal since you're almost there Matt um, 3-0 at Watford and basically as long as they kept it tight uh, you know, because Watford don't score a lot of goals, they were always going to nick one or two, weren't they?
2: Yeah, I thought so. Um, wasn't a great first half, but in the second half, Arsenal were too um, good for them. But it's a huge step up tomorrow against Bayern, who are um, playing the best, um, best football in Europe at the moment. I think really they're the only really yeah. one of the, the, the sort of super clubs that are actually doing it domestically at the moment. They'll want to come to London and knock Arsenal out of the competition, is they going to do every year? Um, So, it'll be a big test for Arsenal. They they can match them for 20 minutes, 30 minutes. Can they match them for 90 when the pressure's on? That's the question. So, they're going to have to defend really, really well and take their chances. And I'm I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be one of the probably the best. Champions League game of the competition so far. It should be great.
1: Julian, are you looking forward more to Arsenal Bayern or to when Matt arrives and comes off hands free and we can hear him slightly better?
3: <laughs> when Matt arrives, I'm scared he's going to get into an accident or something, you know, a car crash because he's too focused on the podcast. So I just want him safe. Stay safe, Matt. Um, Arsenal 3 0, you happy with that, Julian? Yes, yes. I, you know, I thought they they controlled the game in the first half despite the little scare on that. Igalo chance, uh, and and after that, you know, when they start playing together, Kozola, Ozil, and, and Sanchez, uh, like they did on that on that first goal, I think that, I think they're just brilliant and, and at times unstoppable. And and I think he's good. The Koscielny being there, back from that you know little injury he had against Olympiacos, I think is a massive boost, especially for tomorrow. I, you know, I think he's a wonderful player. and I, I was lucky to interview him for the Arsenal magazine, and he said that great story that he's. I don't know if you've seen it. I don't know if you've seen it, but he does the the Rabona. Amazingly well, it's the best I've ever seen anyone doing it. But he can only do it with his left foot, which is his wrong foot. He's right-footed. He can only do the rabona, which is already, you know, pretty good skill, only with his wrong foot. And I said, he's, you know, he comes from another planet.
1: What's the point of the rabona,
4: really, though? I mean, where's to when you can have a girls. side foot
3: pass to impress the girls? I think. James, I would, James? I would, I would
4: have gone down with John Beck. <laughs> <laughs> can, you do, can, <laughs> you know can you do the say, rabona? Is, was there a rabona in your locker, James? Pocket, James yeah, about go for three it.
0: yards and baby at <laughs> <hit> that wall. <laughs> Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.
1: i just so fearful of <laughs> breaking you your ankle. Do you the to in. do a Rabona or you no. say like, No. Use no. your other foot. <laughs> if you see a Rabona in the academy, what's your, do you take And give them a dressing down? <laughs> <laughs> that. Good. That's the kind of football we should be promoting. Um, how do you
4: see Arsenal v buying then? Tough game. I don't think it's beyond Arsenal to, to get something from the game. But like you say, I think they're playing probably the best team in Europe mm. at the moment. And that will be a big, big test. Going forward, I don't think Arsenal... The three players you met uh, that you mentioned just a minute ago, you know, fantastic on the ball. It's you know, people like Per Mertesacker, or the pace at the back. You know, if they really do get exposed, to Arsenal, and it's a game they've got to go and win, really, haven't they?
1: And any chance of Arsenal being so stubborn that he keeps Ospina in goal?
3: No, he's injured, I think. Oh, is he? Yeah. Oh.
1: Well, it shows what I know, doesn't it? <laughs> um, uh, 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 what are you going to check with Arsene Wenger then? Is a uh, uh, matter uh, when you arrive. Uh, anything apart from the Ospina thing? If uh, since he's injured, then check plays.
2: Yeah, check will definitely play. Being excited to see just earlier. It's all about belief and concentration of Arsenal. I think we, we, we look back at last season um, and the Monaco defeat particularly is a, is a huge of opportunity. So it, it, the question is have what what players have learned from that and if they can maintain their performance and concentration against the best European team Uribe teams, teams for the duration of the game. I remember seeing the Mursacker before the Monaco second leg last year in the knockout stage he was kind sort of admitting that, you know, their minds and they didn't concentrate, which from regards from the Europe one World Cup seems an extraordinary admission and uh, there seems to be a sense around Arsenal that they are just a little bit very gifted but a little bit soft and the guy gets tough and under the pressure they're they, they uh, okay so um, it'll be a good test more to see if
1: that changes Just before we talk about West Ham, Leicester and Crystal Palace breaking news uh, Leeds United have sacked Uwe Rosler uh, does anyone have an opinion on this thrown out them straight away?
4: It's bizarre isn't it? Is it Steve Evans who's going to take over? This, um, oh I is it? He's taken the, uh, the ex-Rotherham manager
1: Is that Chilino and Evans an amazing yeah. partnership at any football club? <laughs>
4: it's just unstable isn't it Leeds United is it his fifth manager I believe not won a home game since March Leeds
1: well good luck if you're a Leeds fan Uh, basically uh, you know life is either one of two things isn't it it's either great or it's a great story for later right (laughs) and this for Leeds fans now is a great story for later but right now it really isn't great Uh, let's talk about fourth fifth and sixth in the Premier League at West Ham Leicester and Crystal Palace I don't think anyone would have would anyone have predicted any of that at the start of the
4: season no, I think maybe you'd have tipped Crystal Palace to be, you know, maybe up there. Uh, Leicester of the Sprys, they just carried on Leicester from last season. And Jamie Vardy, they've got a, a goal scorer extraordinaire, really. So, and West Ham have done exceptionally well, really, to, to change manager, bring new players in and to get it going as well. You know, they look a good outfit, West Ham. Because a lot of people were saying,
1: actually, you should keep Big Sam for this last yeah. year before you move to the Olympic Stadium because you just can't afford to be in the championship next year. And then <laughs> West Ham had like sort of 20 players sent off in every European game that they played in. <laughs> and then everyone thought this is going to be an absolute disaster. But Bilic looks like he's doing the right thing.
3: I think so. I, I really like him. and I, li- I like what he's doing. And, and he was instrumental, for example, in signing Payed, who had a big chat with him, not sure in what language, but because obviously players' English is not great and and Belish was you know was like yeah come with me I promise you we're going to play good football you're going to have fun and we're going to win and that's exactly what's happening and, and, and for that I think he deserves a lot of credit the blessing in this guy was that elimination in the Europa League qualifiers because I'm not sure they would be where they are now if they had to play every Sunday and every Thursday and every Sunday and every Thursday with the squad they have which is a good squad but doesn't have the depth to play well especially if they are you know maybe following a very good group in the, in the Europa League so what I think it was the best thing that could have happened to them this season so far is to, to be knocked out.
1: Good win at Crystal Palace. Um, what was Dwight Gale doing, James? Have you, ever, have you ever been like that? Have you ever done that in your career? Two silly bookings in the first half?
4: I have done that, yes. Um, <laughs> did you get told off? Yes. Two weeks wages? I don't think two weeks, no. I was actually uh, playing for Crystal Palace when that happened as well. So um, I feel for him. I just think if you get booked, you're on a massive tightrope then for the rest of the game. And you've got to be so careful what you do. I do think it's harsh. Did it change the outcome of the game? Possibly. You've just got to learn from it.
3: You know, I think tackling is a skill. It's like yeah. the, we first talking about the Rabona, but tackling is a skill. Not, not everybody can tackle properly. I mean, you know, and especially not a striker. You, don't, you know, I think defenders learn to do it. I think some def- midfielders can do it as well. Not everybody can do it. And I, I can't see why a striker is like him would try to tackle people.
4: It's the problem is now, no Julian, the problem is 10 years ago it wouldn't have been a problem, but if you are a millisecond... Late, yeah, you're going to get a yellow card, and, and it's harsh really because if you look at it, you know, players want to tackle, the managers want their players to tackle, the supporters want their players to tackle, and for some unknown reason, it, it's with the referees whoever make the rules up are trying to, you know, get it out of the game, really. Why, you know, I, I don't understand. Yeah, the two foot tackle from behind, i totally understand yeah. that, but you know, he was just fractionally late on the lad, yeah. But he did turn on his toe, which does hurt awfully, doesn't it? It does hurt,
1: yeah. uh, Matt, I quite enjoyed the fact that uh, Dwight Gale encroached in the penalty uh, that Kabai put away, and then encroached again in exactly the same way, but the ref just <laughs> couldn't, couldn't quite bring himself to say... And, and it was like the ref was standing... He should have gone to the other side, at least, because he just sort of ran straight in front of his path twice.
2: Yeah, it's a great thing about football and many sports, really. Rules and rules, except when it looks a bit embarrassing and I can't be really bothered to apply them properly. Um, <laughs> It would have been hilarious if he made to take it a third time. And you wonder how many, how many penalties was Kabay blast in the middle before he, he puts it somewhere else. I've been bemused by Pardew, actually. I know you've got to defend your players, but for him to complain about the sending off seemed bizarre. There are two clear, too clear, yeah, I can let him see if you ask me.
1: The chances are if he hadn't given the goal with that penalty, he could still be taking it. Because it would still be encroaching. It could still actually be happening on a Monday morning. Let's talk about um, uh, Leicester. Another brilliant comeback. What is it, James, about some teams that just... You see some teams when they're losing and they just, you just go, they're going to lose. And then others. And Leicester, this is not the first time
4: they've come back this season. It's very impressive, isn't it? It is impressive. It's not just once, like you say. It's, it's happens. I think there's a couple of things. Belief is a massive part. But also having a goal scorer in your team that if you keep... Asking questions of the opposition, he'll get on the end of it and score. And you know, you have to say Jamie Vardy at the moment nine goals, you know, well ahead of any other English centre forward in the Premier League. It's it's impressive stuff.
3: Julian, I mean, I think the lesson for Ranieri is just start Riyad Mahrez every single game. Why on earth did you think it was a good idea to, to leave him on the bench? I just I can't believe it. He's one of the best players in this league so far this season, and you leave him on the bench. He just made no sense, and you know, and obviously he comes on a
4: half-time and changes the game for you because he's that you know he's so good right now, he's so on fire. Maybe it's a mindset of the first half and the game is a little bit cagey. He's not going to give you a lot running back. it Could defensively cost us when the game opens up in the second half. That's when he can come in. But
3: but he was almost too late in a way. Yeah,
4: because you know they could have almost lost yeah. the game
3: already. And you know, but, but I think I think he's so important for them.
1: Finally, let's talk about uh, Jurgen Klopp's arrival in the Premier League at Spurs. Uh, 0-0, but not a not a bad
3: game. Do you know was it? No, I thought it was good. I thought it was good. But I, I love people in this country expecting club to you know arrive and three days later having Liverpool playing like Dortmund when they won the double. One, it's not the same players. There's no Lewandowski. There's no Hummels at his best. You know, it's Sacco and and Origi playing up front. So it's you know it's not the same. Just give the guy a bit of time before. You know, starting to compare with what he did at Dortmund, but I thought for a first game, you know, I don't think they did too bad.
1: A lot's been made of the fact that uh, this is the first time that Tottenham have been outrun in a game, and it's the most that Liverpool have run. I think not being a football manager, James
4: seems like a good idea to tell your players to run around. <laughs> it's not a bad idea, is it? <laughs> no. um, I think you often find that, especially when a new manager comes in, and you know, everyone you know, has to lift their game maybe by ten, twenty percent. Can they keep it going? I think you've got to be careful against some opposition in the Premier League if you want to press and play a high-energy game that some players are so good they'll pass around you and you know get your back four very, very quickly. Can he improve the group of players that he's got? Possibly. But to the extent that they can get in the top four, I'm not sure. It's all going to be down to how well he does in the transfer market for me. Matt, uh, who, who out of Spurs and Liverpool excites you the most? Uh,
5: I think Tottenham have got more potential in the short term. Uh, I like what he's done with the age of the squad and sort of promoting younger English players. And he's done interesting things with giving Mason and Eric, Eric Dyer opportunities. I think they're probably both a little bit short for the for the top four. But if, if Chelsea don't improve and there's no sign of them getting dramatically better, to be honest, then there, there could be could be an opening for, for Tottenham to sneak in.
1: You've arrived, Matt.
5: I've parked. Yes. <laughs> You're you, safe. You can actually hear me. Many congratulations. <laughs> Thank you very much. Okay. Some scary moments, pretty desperate driving from some of my uh, fellow commuters, but uh, I got there in
1: the end. I think it's important to say that we encourage safe driving driving here at the Times, don't we? (laughs) (laughs) Do you know It's lucky you mentioned Chelsea because I didn't even have them written down uh, on my running order. I don't know what that says, apart from my sort of lack of preparation. But what did you make, Junior, of their victory over Aston Villa?
3: But I, not much. I, my, the whole thing for me is the hazard situation, and I don't know why. I'm not a manager, and James is probably, you know, I'm not a manager. Better, either. No, but, but better position to mention it. I don't. It doesn't make any sense for me. It's a game that you know, you're gonna win because Villa are so bad. Why would you? put him on the bench like that humiliate him the way he did and then after the game you know adding oh he doesn't work hard enough he's one of the best players in the world yes the start of the season hasn't been great but that was the perfect game for him to you know maybe find his feet again maybe you know score a couple of goals do a bit of assist and and just, you know, giving that boost of confidence that is clearly needed with Chelsea. And no, you put him on the bench, you bring him on like 83rd minute, I think he was, which, you know, makes no sense. And then after the game, you add some more and more and more. I just, I don't understand it. And, and, and I feel a bit for Hazard, I have to say, because yes, he was not his best so far, but he was not the only one. And maybe it doesn't work a lot defensively, but not just Cristiano or Messi or, you know, players like that. And that, that, those are players in his league, you know, and, and I don't know, I, I, feel, I
4: feel bad for him surprising that he's criticized him in uh, public that's yeah, every, everybody gets dropped even though he's a good player he hasn't had a great season he hasn't had the season that he had last season he, he hasn't been on top of his game but to to come out in the press and publicly criticize him is just going to leave a you know bad blood between the manager and, and one of his better players who he needs yeah to get going and need him to to get his team up top.
1: Did table. you ever have that James did you ever have a gaffer um, admonish you in public
4: Yes, I did, yes. Oh, who? No, Mr. Warnock.
1: Really? What yeah. did he say?
4: Um, I, I, I think it's a similar thing, really. I think he called me lazy, needs to work harder, this, that, and the other. And I just got a winning goal and that was a little bit harsh. I pulled him on Monday and he said, oh, no, it's all taken out of context and this, that, and the other. But Do you still hate him?
1: No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. Far from it. Uh, Matt, Chelsea, what's going to happen to that? I mean, the funny thing is, oh, they're 11th, 11 points. If they. Go, if they win three in a row, they're right in the top four.
5: Yeah, I think they still will probably get in the top four, but I think they're they're not going to win the league, and it's not a given that they will improve, because Saturday they, they beat Villa, but they weren't great, and the two goals came from defensive mistakes. Other than that, they didn't create a lot, really, and there's a, a lot of problems there, and I'm not, not sure how he can solve them, because basically the team have got old... Um, some players are out of form
4: is he the problem Matt?
5: They've, 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 I don't think he, he is the problem I think he's part of part of the problem I think his man management when things go badly is an issue as Julian was saying with reference to Eden Hazard but it's not just Hazard he's been really critical of Nemanja Matic uh, he criticised lost Loftus-Cheek on Saturday uh, he started him out of position at a 10 I thought he'd played well then he hooked him at half time for not working hard enough defensively when he was playing at number 10 um, and then criticising afterwards I thought that was extraordinary Mourinho's management, management is, is great when things are going well and lots of players like Frank Lampard will tell you about how he made them feel amazing and really special boosted their confidence however when things are going badly he he does the opposite and he seems to bring them down and, he, and he's, because of that reason he's, he's struggling to to lift things so I think it's going to be a difficult season for him
1: Who's the, the better manager out of Jose and, and Tim Sherwood?
5: Uh, well I don't think that's even requires an answer to visit
3: that question. <laughs> but how do we think Tim Sherwood's doing at uh, uh, Aston Man? He's having a terrible time, isn't he? Really? He is he is. I mean, when you know, I, I just I'm just waiting for his press conference all week to see if he's going to speak about himself in the third person or not. And he did on Friday, <laughs> and I was so happy. I was yes, yes, yes. Because you know, it's important to win for for the club, for Tim Sherwood, for the players. I was like, why? Why are you doing this to yourself? Um. Yeah. I just think I I don't think the the I think the recruitment was not bad compared to what some people are saying and I think he had the part to play in the recruitment um, and, and I'm just
4: not I, I just don't think that
3: tactically is good enough
4: full stop I think it's a difficult club isn't it it's a big club where expectations and reality probably you know similar to Newcastle Sunderland whoever comes in can they do a better job I I think it's one of those. Maybe you can come in and and get a spark out of the players, a bit of a different voice. But ultimately, at the moment, Aston Villa, you know, every season going into every. Premier League season are uh, uh, fighting to stay up. Uh, now, yesterday uh, there was a, uh, a an exciting Euro draw, and I almost prefer draws to the
1: actual football themselves. <laughs> uh, sadly, it was quite a short one, but uh, the nice bald chap, Infantino, is that his name? Yeah. He, he didn't have a normally. There's a, a glamorous assistant in a ball gown, a ball gown, uh, not a bald gown. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Uh, and, and there's a whole fanfare. They did make the balls quite hard to unscrew. So I'm not sure who the the ex-pro...
3: Dominique Rochetot. Oh,
1: I don't know who that... uh, Oh, come come on. on.
3: The Green Angel. Keep going. PSG legend, France legend, Saint-Étienne legend as well. Played in the European Cup final with Saint-Étienne lost against Bayern Munich and stuff like that. No, no, great. Yeah. Green, great. Great, you
1: know, great, great, great play. It's important for me to show yeah, a he looks lack like of like my dad as well. Oh that's important as well. It's important for me to show a lack of knowledge of European football whenever I do a podcast for this or other newspapers. <laughs> just so the comments below the line reinforce <laughs> how truly lowbrow I am. Um, but what do we make of the what do we make? first of all, Ireland, um, Bosnia Herzegovina, um, first leg in Bosnia, what do we what do we give the Irish chances?
3: I think I think it was the, the worst draw they could get, really, Bosnia. I think that that of those teams, there apart from maybe Sweden, just because of Ibra, but I think the rest of Sweden is, is actually not that good. I think that was the worst draw they could get, Bosnia with with Pjanic. Seeing as Pjanic is playing right now with with Roma, he got a lovely free kick on Saturday against Empoli as well. Edin Dzeko, for example, as well, who you know was injured and didn't really play in the last two games for them. But he's got just, a great record, hasn't he? Dzeko, yeah, for. Uh... And awesome, he was yeah. he's back to fitness now, he was on the bench on Saturday as well. So I just think he's the the worst draw possible in you know, in, in those teams there. Uh, but you know, over two games again as we always say in that cliche everything is possible, but I think they would have to play really, really well Ireland to to go through. Uh Ukraine plays Slovenia Sweden face Denmark,
1: an exciting Scandinavian derby and Norway take on Hungary. Uh Matt, uh who's gonna get
2: through?
5: You think Sweden would beat Denmark, maybe mainly, mainly just because of the Latin fact having missed out of the World Cup this, I guess could be his Last major tournament, so it will be desperate to get there. Um, Hungary weren't great in the in the Northern Ireland Irish group. Then again, Norway haven't been very good for a long time. Now, so <laughs> I'm not sure <laughs> to see who's going to win that one. I, I, I would I would guess Norway and the other ties between
1: Ukraine and Slovenia.
5: How could you forget uh, Slovenia? Impressively, in England, scored goals. They've got a couple of very good players, but Ukraine is pretty. Uh, Difficult place to go as they say So um, that would be tough I think I'd probably back Ukraine to get through
1: over two legs Interestingly Turkey qualified as the best third place team And I was looking at this because they didn't get as many points As uh, Ukraine or Norway But UEFA does not count the results Against the sixth place team in each group uh, Leaving Turkey with the most That's a weird rule isn't it <laughs> I mean everyone's
3: got to play the useless team So surely that's it's it, you know, to... not everybody has a useless team in their group That's why uh, is that if one? You've got, yeah, if you got Gibraltar, no, no offense to Gibraltar, especially for loads of Gibraltarians who are listening to us. Yeah. You know, it's and if you are in a in a group with no small team, i i. e. I.E. team that lose four, five, six every every time, it's obviously. You okay. know. I, I think like, that's why they do it. Yeah.
1: I've changed my That's opinion. Cleared that up. That
3: has. <laughs> do you think there should be that pre-qualifying? Because actually I'd quite
1: like that group with Andorra, Lichtenstein, Luxembourg and <laughs> yeah. Gibraltar. I think it'd be a really really exciting group just to see them win some matches and, and know how to react when weekend, they won. could over oh, a weekend, couldn't they? like a six-a-side so thing. hit of goals. We could get Atomic Kitten to play and everything. It would be great, wouldn't it? I've got some questions. Uh, Leon has asked this question on Twitter. He says, Can Frank Lampard and Steven Gerrard work as a partnership at Euro 2016? <laughs> he says because when you think about it one can sit and one can bomb on true it's an idea isn't it but he says a real question why have the big teams overlooked Payet and West Ham
3: it's not It's not that it's, I don't think that he's, is, they've overlooked them he's, he's had very inconsistent seasons in France and, and the last one with Marseille was really the first one where he was consistent from start to finish which for a lot of big big clubs one season is not good enough which I completely understand uh, at that age I mean you know because when you think about Martial, it's, it's a bit different. But at that age, you know, when you get to 27, 28, 29, etc. And, it was, you know, it was still a lot of money for, for, for a player like him in a way. And, and, uh, and yeah, and I, and I think that he's a, he's a very good, talented player. But I want to see him doing it through the whole season. And so far, it's only the start of the season. He's looked good for West Ham, I have to say. And there's that issue with the national team as well in France that is he's not picked. And a lot of people on Twitter have said to me, Why why surely France can do with Payet, surely he's good enough. Yes, he is good enough. The problem is off the field. He hasn't been the greatest off the field. I think there's a lot of players in that national team don't get on with him and don't really want him there. And I think Deschamps went for a bit like the Najri issue where if I if I take him that actually going to cause me more trouble than if I leave him at home so may as well leave him home. If
1: he comes if he's put in the squad will it be like the Air France? Will he be running away and his shirt will be ripped (laughs) off him by the workers?
3: It's not that bad but one is they're playing a 4-3-3 formation that doesn't suit him because he needs to play behind the striker like he does at West Ham so he'll be on the bench and he's one of those players on the bench that is not happy so he's going to moan, he's going to sulk he's going to complain and Deschamps doesn't want any of this so I can see why. I can understand why you know where Deschamps is going
4: from. How well will France do? We,
3: we, well, I'm I'm optimistic. I think we've got you know a very good squad. I think for players like the Pogba generation, you know Pogba, Varane, the, the 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 kids born in in 92, 93. I think it's the right time. I think the the World Cup was a bit early for them. They learned a lot from from going to the quarterfinals, being knocked out by by Germany the way they did, and I think they'll be ready for the Euros. Being at home is obviously a big advantage. And if Karim Benzema has the season that he's had so far all the way through Valbuena. Griezmann is in is incredible form. I think if you look on paper I think we have one of the best teams there and that we can definitely win it. Well,
1: England are going to win, aren't they? It's obvious. Um, uh, quick question from me to you chaps uh, and to you, Matt, in the car park in uh, London Colney. I'm, I'm just about to go off to interview Jeff Mostyn, uh, the Bournemouth chairman for the Fantasy Football Club. Um, I haven't done any research because I'm here doing this, so is there anything I should know about uh, Bournemouth's ownership or any good questions I could ask him?
5: Oh no, well
1: that's great, it'll thank be a fantastic you, It'll be a fantastic <laughs> interview and uh, uh, when it's broadcast you'll see quite how good it is uh, uh, That's it for today uh, it- <laughs> Thanks very much to my guest Thank you Matt Hughes in the car park
3: Pleasure
1: Is there anything you want to add? Not really, I'm just enjoying that pendant pause <laughs> Well, let's hope they keep it in uh, Thank you James Scowcroft pleasure and thank you Julien Laurent merci please press that subscribe button and remember you can get exclusive football rugby and cricket highlights free as part of your subscription just £12 for a 12 week trial just search the Times online have a lovely day your subscription to the Times and the Sunday Times now comes with access to every Barclays Premier League goal refresh your app choose your team accept notification and you're away